0: Hey guys what's up <clears throat> Yannick D'Souza electric dude back again on high voltage it's been a while hasn't it it really has been quite a while and this podcast is gonna be slightly longer because I want to talk about tech of course it's a tech podcast but I also want to talk about kind of what's happened since that four-month break right in post much. so let's just open on with that so those of you who don't know I didn't see the video yet um, I went to India um, and I was planning to use it both as a holiday, but also, um, as an opportunity to record with uh, other YouTubers like Johan Farrell. So that was my plan. Problem was, first of all, Johan, like me, is a student, is also a kid, so, um, one thing is that he was not a lot of the times free, because it was his last period, he's in India, uh, not last period, last part of the term, so his school's ending and there were an exams, So. Uh, of course, he had to do those exams. That's top priority. I agree with that because that's what I would do. Uh, so, every alternate day he would be having an exam. So, the previous day would be him studying. So, putting that aside, that's one thing. Secondly, again, I got COVID. So, in my three weeks' day, which I was originally planning to be three weeks. Um, in my three weeks' stay, I got COVID. Uh, my parents got COVID, and then my grandparents got COVID. So, that kind of caused a bunch of small problems. Of course, we had to extend our stay by one more week because we couldn't go travel, uh, and then eventually, of course, we left. So that's the opening statement I want to make here. That, uh, that's one thing. Secondly, what happened to High Voltage? Uh, it's been a long time since I've recorded a podcast episode for the uh, High Voltage uh, episode, but to be honest with you, it's mostly due to the fact that. Sometimes it's, it's, it sounds crazy, but it is harder to make a podcast than it is to record a video. Because what happens when you record a video is that you plan, you get your camera out, you record, you're done. What happens with a podcast, you need to research a bunch of different topics because typically podcasts are about a, a bunch of things, not just one thing like a video. But also a podcast can be for however long. My videos, I've it to like... They used to be quite long, like 20 minutes, 19 minutes, 40, like, they used to get longer and longer. So, I made a conscious decision at the start of this year to make my content just a lot shorter. I think my longest video was like a good 21 minutes or what's on my vibe. And now, recently, I've just started nailing my videos down, mostly just, like, uh, like the recent one if you've not seen it at this point my thoughts on the Insta 364 how does it flow in real life? That one was a fun one to make it was 15 minutes long, which it had to be but Honestly when I was editing it, it was like 25 minutes long. So I had to nail it down an extra 10 minutes so most of this is just taking existing content and knocking it down a bit and realistically making my video shorter like the new camera angle top-down shots great video Shortening it, so that's kind of where I'm going with this new motif that I'm trying to figure out how to execute making my videos shorter but keep the content really, really good. Um, that's one thing. Secondly, I wasn't posting every Monday, yes, India is an exception in my opinion, but uh, previously I was not posting every Monday. So, what happened with that was basically time, even if when I had the time. It was hard because I didn't have content, uh, but now uh, I've come up with a pretty good schedule for where I'm gonna be doing my ideas. I've got a bunch of content options, ones that are w- ones I can stay. Of course, for the time you're listening to this, it'll be uh, it'll be s- Sunday or Saturday, depending on when I wish to post this. But uh, either a day or two days from now, you'll be watching the final review of the latest Detective Shoe Driver. Um. And that one's a very interesting video, I shot it way before, but the thing is, one thing is the thing is with podcasts is that typically podcasts are just quick, but they're not quick in the sense of recording. Recording can take up to hours, uh, depending on how many it takes, so recordings so it takes you to get the audio right, and then edit it and stuff like that. What happens the videos, videos are roughly the same, videos are easier for me, because they're just, in my opinion, less time consuming, you spend 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Putting uh, recording it and then another 30 to 40 minutes editing. You make the thumbnail post. That takes you what an hour and 30 minutes. In a podcast, you have to edit the audio, you have to record the audio, and the audio can be as long as it can be, and it just takes a bunch of time. It adds a bunch of time to the tally So yeah, that's kind of where everything has been at recently. In terms of like what other videos I'm planning to make now, uh, tomorrow or what day after whatever will be the Linus Tech Tips screwdriver video. And then of course I have to make my part two on the Insta 360 Pro, how a in real life, and that video was really interesting. And one thing I gotta admit, a lot of people might have pointed this, pointed this out, is that sometimes I'm using the orig- old, um, what is it to say, old photos of me from other video thumbnails, and just putting them on the existing ones. Yeah, I'm fully aware of that. I'm. The thing is, it takes, that also takes time to make the thumbnails sometimes. Um, But what I started doing now is just trying to really create uh, new uh, photos for when I wanna talk about a product, so not just using the old ones. So that's one thing. That's the most important thing for me. I'm just trying to make it a little bit different. Uh, By the way, I'm gonna link my India video and the update video and uh, what happened, uh, what I talked about in that video. And my latest video from the flow, and whenever uh, my line Detectives video comes up, I'll maybe update this and put that link there as well. Next, um, I want to talk about P Flames. Of course, this is my side thing, which is mostly focused on short films, uh, music videos, because a lot of people who have followed the channel from the beginning will know that I began this channel with making videos. The uh, first video we ever did, it was with uh, Brielle Megan, she's an amazing singer on YouTube, uh, and her song, Faded, she sang it, not her, her song, a cover of her, uh, the, a cover of uh, Alan Walker's Faded, she sang it, it was amazing, and I edited it, and that was in 2020, 2020 yeah, 2020, when I got the video to edit it, and that was like, what, the first video ever, it's even labeled the first video ever. 99 views and it was one of my favorite videos beautiful videos to do uh, and it's gonna be the first but then I also made other videos of her like the um, fight song video which is a cover or love me like you do and I think the most viewed video on the channel right now still uh, is the blessing cover song by True Colors and Davina which is one that I also edited and put out it's on 259 views um that all is great and stuff i really want to keep that content because it's my history but problem it's getting clashed with my existing content so all right that's confusing you might think well yeah but it's not confusing sorry it's like it's just making sense to me it's like my channel's about tech and i'm trying to really make it all about tech but at the same time, I also want to keep music and stuff like that in my channel, but I don't want to keep it in my channel because it clashes with everything else and it makes the channel confusing. I prefer having a channel that a the consistent team, in this case tech. So what I did and what I've kind of done is open a separate channel called Peak Flames. Um which is a separate channel uh, it's in the second channel right at the bottom of my page in the electric dude pages right there you'll find it and you can subscribe because the content is there now that's the place for me to put things about music uh, and I'm also planning to do a short film this year to record it maybe not post it this year because it's kind of a complex one but at least post it next year and I'm going to post it on that channel and maybe this channel but also um what is a film pitch? It's a video that I produce on there, and basically this entire channel to focus on the filming aspect, so cameras, filming, like editing, things like that. Now my last video on that was around six months ago, and the thing is I'm really to blame kind of for that because again, like I said, it takes time, and specifically it takes time to sit down again and record a different type of video for a different type of channel. So. I don't know realistically, I want to keep that channel. I'm going to keep that channel because it has all those other videos in it, from the music videos. But as just when I'll be posting in it, that's almost undecidable for me. The electricity channel is easy to keep up with because tech is always evolving and tech, tech keeps changing. Um, So that's one thing. So I want to realistically, I can't really say, okay, Peak film videos come out on this day. I am working on a schedule that I don't know when it'll be implemented. Whether it'll be implemented this year or next year. But I have to look in my perspective is When am I free to sit down and do three, two videos a week and a podcast? Because that's what it is. Um, one video for the to do it. If I was to do pre-claims, and one video for pre-claims. And then the podcast. And realistically, I've got the hang now of the videos. Kind of keeping with the schedule. Uh, but I have to keep also in time with... Uh, the podcast and I have to keep in time with the people and on top of that I still of course has a school life uh, to keep in track of and do all my school necessities and school work so I need to manage all of these little aspects here and kind of keep them in check so that one of them doesn't slip off um, and school of course in my opinion is just more important it's the most important thing to me uh, I get up early and I study and I do everything so it's really important to me. And then kind of the final update almost, um, high voltage is gonna be cutting off a ch- channel. So what I mean I'm not stopping high voltage because I know some people like it but uh, the high voltage YouTube channel is getting removed and instead YouTube added this new feature called podcast. What is it? Well, it allows somebody who has a YouTube channel and also who has a podcast to just open a podcast within their YouTube channel. It's a separate tab, so if you go to my thing, you can see that it says podcast next to the shorts and between playlists, if you go there, boom, boom, boom high voltage, beautiful podcast. So I guess this is the kind of YouTube's that are trying to get more people to come to YouTube to create like a podcast. So. It's simpler, A, because now you don't have two different accounts that you have to manage and keep checks up, so you have one account and you can just, uh, by simply just using the playlist, separate electric dude from high voltage and keep them separated. So yeah, that's kind of the logic that they're using here. It's the simple thing, like you need to keep everything in one place, which I agree with. So. From now on, high voltage videos, which I'm gonna to try to do more. This is an exception. This is just a video, but when I do have hosts, it's really nice to kind of talk uh, with a video. Uh, and I'm thinking of trying to get a proper host to join me for most episodes now. Uh, so yeah, it's mostly depending on that. So realistically, if anybody uh, was confused or about anything that happened in India, anything that happened in the channel, or by the way, what might be happening then there's your answer put simply uh for those of you who are wondering by the way this uh what kind of schedule i'm kind of working on i'm currently looking at doing like midweek type stuff so i'm thinking of doing a three posting system uh, if that makes sense you do one video on monday opening the week you do one video on Wednesday Thursday, depending on what preferred works, probably Thursday, and then high voltage on Saturday or Sunday. Now, I'm not fixing anything right now. I even debated making high voltage on Fridays because I think some people might prefer that. Again, this completely depends on, again, how schedules work, how time works. Now, in my opinion, it's easier to work in one block in the sense like you record videos and podcasts all in the same day and then just schedule them which is what most people do and even I've done sometimes and that is a smart way to do it so that's something I'm at as an approach to do this type of stuff but yeah that's kind of the perspective of what's gonna happen with the channel and what has already happened with the channel what I'm planning to see slash do or improve slash enhance and you know, that's kind of what happened in India as well. So, put simply, we we'll all let's just push that aside for now because this is a tech podcast, not a podcast about life. So, I want to open up with a statement about the Insta360 flow. Of course, like I said, um, I am going uh, to make a part two for that video, which will be coming out after this Linus tech and screwdriver video, whenever it does pop up for you guys, whenever you are watching this. So, that video will be more of a continuation of whether I'm going to take a look at it, whether I'm going to buy it, and more importantly, my final thoughts. After doing all this thinking and all this research that I'm still doing, trying to get the video perfect, does it work? Does it flow? And can it flow in real life? On the other side of the spectrum, I have another product that's been on my desk for January, from January of this year, yep, that I have still not made a video about. And before I tell you what it is, let's just take a quick break. All right, we're back from our break. Um, I took a bit of a uh, just to drink some water. The product I was referring to is the Loop Deck. Now you might've heard of the Loop Deck before. It's basically input it simple to a uh, creative console. What does that mean? Basically, think of a steam—not steam deck. That's a different thing. Um, The streamer thingy. I don't know what it's called. Uh, Stream deck. I think it's stream deck. Yay! Elgato, yeah, yeah, Elgato stream mini. Basically, for those of you who don't know what that is, even—it's a little uh, metal, metal plastic piece that's. It's very hard to explain, but it's basically held up and it's basically just buttons. The idea is that you can press these buttons and these buttons will do actions for you. Tons, pretty whatever, but the idea is that you can program these buttons to basically anything you want them to do. So if you want the button to open up an app and type you a message, you could program that. Now, the Stream Decks that are made by different companies like Coursera, Elgato, and others, these are specifically designed for streaming, as the name suggests. They've got a bunch of pre-determined buttons that you can change, of course, but they're preset for streaming. Now the loop deck is basically that, but for creative professionals. Now, loop deck is a company, has three total products. They have the loop deck mini, uh, the loop deck, I think I think it's just called the loop deck plus, uh, yeah, the loop deck plus, and then the loop deck CT. Now, each of these are slightly different. Now, the one I've got on my hands is CluPix. He's the most expensive one, um, and basically, as a product, this thing is incredible, it's amazing, and I will be making a YouTube video about it, um, uh, because I want to make a YouTube video about it 2 probably, because there's so much raw innovation in this. So the top part of the thing is basically a screen. Now it's not a flat panel screen, it's actually got dividers separating it into buttons, uh, square buttons, with the sides being long rectangles. The rectangles show text. Now the whole point of this is that it's a 3x12 square display, so it's basically a massive display but they kind of put grid lines, plastic lines on top of it, or metal lines, and it's a 3x4 square uh, uh, system, so you have a total of 12 buttons that can be digital on this display, so you can set that up however you wish. Now those buttons can be programmed within the app to do different actions, now depending on the app, because it's a Creative Console app, it can adapt based on the app, which rhymes even. So on Final Cut, it could show you different things like a chroma key, a cut, or like add an effect, apply an automatic color filter that you design it will just bring it up and apply it. And you can set this up in the app available both on Mac and Windows. Now, even in regular Windows or Mac, it can also just act as a normal uh, extra thing to go with your machine, enhancing your machine's experience. So it can open new apps, it can change brightness, color, volume, whatever else you want it to do, um, and that. Now on the side of this massive display, like I said, are the two rectangles that show text Text that explains what the dials do. So next to those rectangles is dials. Now there are three on each side, so total six, and then nice and ratcheting. I'll bring it closer so you can hear it. Very soft in real life, but it sounds loud because of the mic. And these can be rotated. Now in filming or in order think these can be used for precision. Um, in my experience, I use in, sorry, in what I use them for, I use them for brightness. Color highlights, um, and anything else like precision editing or something like that, that or zoom even or trans, or transform and stuff like that. Uh, that's what I use them for. Now these are also pressable buttons, so, and you can press them and basically when you press them, it resets them. Now sadly, you can't program these like crazy, like double press or triple press or even a four press or a long press. They don't do that as far as I'm concerned. Maybe it is possible I've just not found it yet, but from my understanding, it's only whatever you do in that app, whatever that app's about, you can use them for, and then press the reset that function if that has the ability to be resetted, or do something else in that app that is unawareable. So, if that sounds great to you, then that's great, but it's ratcheting and it's very soft. And I think, I was like, well, why is it so soft? I would like it to be like, you know, my mechanical keyboard, which is like, a like very cookie-like. He's drunk here too, by the way, uh, in case you're wondering. But this is essentially designed for the softness, because the idea that when you're working, you want quiet to focus on your work, so it's made soft. It's like, you can definitely hear it. Like, you can definitely hear, like, the ratcheting and stuff, but it's not, like, loud as, like, Lava so that so loud that you can't work in it. It's it's just right uh, level of sound. That doesn't mean I like it, I just means that that's the idea about it. I prefer having the mechanical cookie keys. You know what I mean? It's so satisfying. Uh by the way, one thing I have to mention about there's two things. It comes in one colorway, all of them come in one colorway, which is black, and all of them will require a proper type C type c connection they come with an adapter at least mine came with an ad- adapter for type c to type a in the box which i didn't have to use because i have type c everything i'm pro type c like you should be uh but yeah you will need to plug this in so thankfully because i have an lg monitor and on the back it has a type a uh port so what i did is i just took an adapter another adapter not from the box and turned it to uh sorry i did use the one in the box what am i saying i used the one in the box to, um, take the type C input and just make it type A just so that I could use it and therefore it doesn't plug directly into my laptop it plugs to the monitor so the cable is hidden away from the sites of people who come to my desk but simply uh, below the main thing now what I meant to talk to you a lot is just kind of stuff but below that you have a, a buttons that are numbered 1 to 8 and below them you have text at the table there. so number one is tab, shift, control, alt, command, uh, spacebar, uh, delete and backspace now again each of these buttons can do something completely different it, it, those are just what they are out of the box but you can make it uh, do something else and I prefer to having these as like stop marks in the sense like if there's an app that requires numbers or something like maybe uh like when you're editing in sound because you can use it for sound anything you can just go one to do uh, i've not really used it for sound anything i used for editing but one to do like right to the start two for the second beat or whatever like i know music i play guitar bass piano and violin but i didn't really i'm not i'm getting into it now i'm starting to really like doing sequencing and stuff so maybe i'm gonna start trying to use this as well in that experience but this can be used for that. In filming, I typically use it for different, like effects, so effect 1, effect 2, or color effect 1, color effect 2. Based on what I'm trying to edit, like if it's a YouTube video for you guys, of course, um, then I will basically use these buttons for one thing to like do colors, then do this, and do that, and press them to automate the process that would take me a long time to do. Um, and then what I have to right now is basically if you cut all of that off from the rest of the body, is just uh, one product in itself it's the loop deck S mini which is a small tiny loop deck uh, that can be used here use. so yeah pretty pretty crazy now below that you've got the glorified spinning wheel which is not actually it's a massive spinning wheel with a screen now, the screen has massive borders in my opinion it is massive actually look at it but yeah it's quite big uh, but the screen can display intermission of what you're editing so you can swipe on the screen and it can allow you to adjust different things so you can start with highlights and swipe on the screen and go to brightness or exposure and then you just use the dial to dial in the exposure or dial down the exposure you want that's so cool in my opinion like that's actually really really cool so you can just keep swiping to change whatever you're editing like highlights colors uh, contrast and just use the dial to edit my only complaint is it's not ratchet, I would like this to be ratchet, it would be so cool. It just spins, by the way, eternally, like, every dial here is filmed eternally, but this is not so strong I feel like if I let go, it kind of moves a little bit by itself, you know what I mean? Like, you're done spinning to where you want it to be, and you let go, and it just spins a little bit more to right or left. So, I would prefer this to be able to be, like, when it's, like, the ratchet one, which is where you need to stop, it stops, it just stops at that point where you stop it at. Uh, you can do that without being retro right but I would want this to be retro right Whenever you the the Lutex CT2, there's a small suggestion for you, Lutex. Take it. Seriously, take it. On the side of that, you have a... Uh, on each side of the loop, on that massive circle, you have six buttons. On the left side is your power button, and enter button, undo button, so undo an action, of course, and save it. Uh, key lock, which is just like to lock, make, to lock in the functions of the numbers. So making it, it makes them red and it makes them usable. And then FN lock, of course, just FN lock, lock like your function keys. On the other side, you have A, B, C, D, E. Sounds confusing, but these are arrow keys. So, of course, we have arrow keys of, on, our, uh, on the keyboards. So these guys have a different approach, it's like a square approach, so up, down, side, side. And you can use that, definitely, you can use that if that's suited to you. I found them useful sometimes, specifically when they're right next to each other. These arrow keys going side to side are useful, but up and down are just slightly confusing. But to be honest, when you use them, they do make sense. They do make a ton of sense, realistically. The E key, from at first, the E key actually doesn't have like an arrow on it. But it is just a programmable key that you can use it for anything so you can change this to do whatever you want and then next to the ep is again an FN lock so that's basically the loop.cct uh i'll be making a video on this who knows maybe two even um, in terms of other stuff it's mainly just metal and it's also like i said just black so yeah if you are interested in this thing i'll wait for the review of course just to get it uh but yeah it's a really good product and for the right person so editors like audio editors or just anyone who wants to do anything creative this is great for you what i would recommend if you don't want to wait for your video you want to buy it i would first check of course if the platform you want to use is supported because the last thing you want is you pull maybe like this is like 2000 dirhams which is like i think 500 to 600 must be somewhere around that price point or thousand even um, and um, if you want to pour that much money into it, I would recommend at least knowing if it supports the program. Like, I had to make sure to support a Final Cut and a lot of platforms that I use for editing. So, after I got the green Line and it supports basically all of the all the platforms that I use, then I purchase it. I hit the purchase button. Uh, so yeah, this is really worth it for the right person, but for the average person maybe not worth it. If you just want something simple that just has buttons and presses and it does the action, get the alcohol stream deck. It's 400 of the numbers get as one, which is like 600. So yeah, again, that's completely up to you depending on what your needs are. If you want anything specific, I would go for the loop deck. It's got dials and something to like highlights and adjustments specifically for editing. But if you just want simple actions to be done quicker, the Ghana Stream Deck is really compelling for its 400-lire price compared to the 2000 price of this. It's a totally, totally worth it. But yeah, that is my opinion on the New Black City. Now, just before we close off, I got two interesting points. Hmm. So the first thing can AMD keep up? Interesting take. Well, what I mean by that is basically AMD is planning to fund or arm a new wave of Steam decks. Now, that's really interesting. Of course, it seems like even though I never got to tried it, I am a Nintendo person. You can't judge me. But the Steam Deck, even from what I've heard and even what I've tried a little bit of, is really powerful. It's really good. And uh, AMD is planning to help them can the keep up though with Zen 4 and the RDAI 3 technologies can these poor little handheld head up. Now it's worth mentioning, mentioning that it's not confirmed yet, it's not even released yet, that uh, ASUS ROG is making their own uh, Steam Deck competitor, which is just a gaming console. It's worth talking about now. We don't really know literally anything about this. We know that they're making it. We don't know what chip is inside of it. We don't know what performance they're rocking with we don't know anything about the specs. The only thing that they've said slash told us is that it's more powerful. It's more powerful than the Steam Deck. It's more powerful than the Nintendo Switch, which I'm not surprised by. It's more powerful. That doesn't by itself say a lot, but it's interesting Unless you assume that if it is more powerful, then it's going to be more powerful. If they're going out and they're giving it to the man himself, Linus Tech Tips, um, then You better bet that it's way more powerful. Now, the thing is, the Steam Deck is really powerful already. Um, It's roughly the second, without excluding that, because we don't even know anything about it, we don't even know the performance of it. This is really powerful. Oh, the Steam Deck, I'm saying, is really, really powerful. But then, okay, what about it? The scene is really powerful, and these guys are coming to be more powerful. That's crazy. And AMD, at the same time, by the way, is planning to fund a new wave of competitors. Not fun, but arm them with AMD chips. So the the handheld gaming system is getting really, really more fun and complex with more competitors, which I happily welcome. I think more competitors is really good. And with AMD supporting both uh, PlayStation. And competitors and p- perhaps teams like themselves then it's gonna be a really interesting battle with everyone having the same trip it's gonna be boring so competitive wise I don't know now I really want because I think this will be really great a lot of people might remember in like the 2000s you know back then PlayStation came out with the PlayStation Vita which is a flop concept okay fair enough It was a gaming handheld device quite small by PlayStation and it was okay but it was nothing to write home about. But it was amazing at the same time. Nothing to write home about, sure, but it was incredible for what it was. Problem, it flopped. Why? iPhone. Well, that's what Sony being to It was just... Too expensive and not really worth it when you've got other people still making consoles. Handheld gaming was not really a massive thing, and at this point, the 3DS was still an existing thing at this point. So, 3DS was still very popular, but Sony was just like, "Let's make it," and they made it, and it flopped. And they said it was because of the iPhone, which is wrong because in 2017, Nintendo Switch came out with, uh, sorry, so uh, Nintendo came out with the Nintendo Switch and it switched the market up and just from that alone we can see that it's not the iPhone or any phone's phone or just phones existing it's the fact that did isn't execute, and the technology was not great back then which is fair so Nintendo of course came and nuked everybody out of the water with the switch and now they are kind of at the bottom of the packing performance not really at the bottom but mid-tier so I want Sony to be like let's go back to the drawing board and redesign our PlayStation Vita for today the 2023 era i would i would love that i would be like i'm already a playstation guy so having a playstation Vita from the modern day with like modern specs and powered by amd cpus that'd be crazy that would be really really crazy and then our final note for today's podcast chromebooks you might love them you might hate them uh, but they exist sadly uh that tells you what side I am on with these guys but Chromebooks are basically a glorified web browsing device for those of you who don't know they don't run based on Windows or Mac OS they're not even Linux they're just Google's own OS um and it's basically meant to be a glorified web browser it uh uses Play Store and the idea is that if you're somebody who only does everything on the web like you're so hardcore you use Google Docs instead of Word, and you use Google Slides, and you do everything on the internet. And the idea is that a Chromebook is incredibly cheap, low performance, uh, and great for you because it's just on the web, which is kind of limiting. Chromebook doesn't have basically everything, like, if you actually look at it. Chromebook doesn't have a ton of stuff in it, like, it's not crazy with, like, the apps it has, it's very limited. but one benefit that Chromebooks have always had is the fact that they are cheap A, B they have a long battery life because Windows and Mac OS respectively suck a bunch of battery away like in battery when they they basically eat your battery up um, as you're using them as the OS themselves will eat the battery and but Chrome OS doesn't eat the battery so you don't need to worry but have it even if it has a small battery it's kind of fine but most Chromebooks have great batteries. And then even better battery life because the software doesn't just eat your battery. And then on top of that, uh, they low performance because Chromebooks are just low performance machines. They don't need a lot of power to run the OS, so they're just not that powerful, not that powerful at all. So in 2020, during COVID, schools started buying Chromebooks for users and stuff like that, which is interesting, of course. But three years later, right now on 2023, they are breaking apart. They are just c- cracking apart. Now, it's not really anything. But this is kind of expensive. It was only till roughly 2021-2022 when Chromebooks started taking more quality and uh, Google issued new Chromebooks uh, announcement which was basically that Chromebooks can now be supported for up to 8 years from 2021 or 2022 it was. So the idea is that if you bought a Chromebook in one of those two years, I don't remember which one it was, but your Chromebook would last you 8 years and software. Which is better, more than Windows can say. but they're also not that great. So 2020, Chromebooks are now trying to break apart, snapping, having screen failures, uh, but bad stuff are happening to them. And this is due to their lifespan, and most importantly, they can't be repaired, which is very similar to Macs. But even on Mac, if you break, they'll be just taken. But because Google doesn't really make a Chromebook, they don't even sell a Chromebook as far as I'm sure. They just like give the software to people. It's all about those other people who don't supply the software necessities to fix it, that's their fault. So its repairable. Uh, its repairability is not the highest. It's then less sustainable than even a MacBook, which if you give to Apple yes, you have to pay, but you're going to pay anyways to get it fixed, so you pay Apple to get a new MacBook. And that's a shame because Chromebooks are uh, uh, really cheap and stuff, but if they are unfixable and the software is in ca- the laptops are giving in, that's not great. Now, when Google announces, Google doesn't sell a Chromebook, as well They sell the Chromebook uh, Pro, which is like a $1,000, but that got discontinued. So, the real question is you know, Google doesn't sell it, it's up to these other manufacturers. So, these other manufacturers are now having problems which is coming because the product is so cheap that the quality of the materials being used in these products also really cheap and not sustainable for a long period of time like three years so while yes google can completely make the software for eight years long which is great they can't control what people say about um they can't control these other companies who are making Chromebooks with their software and how will how well repair the so the hardware and the repairability works so, maybe even like many people suggesting just get a Windows machine, it will last longer and get one that's repairable so that you don't face any of these issues. Because if it even if it does break, warranty from the manufacturer will cover it, or you can fix it yourself depending on what type of issue it is. Anyways, that is literally everything. It's been a slightly longer podcast, but I think a lot of people, I think we've got a lot of stuff covered. Uh, four different topics of tech products and a massive channel update. So, yeah. Thank you so much for watching this podcast. And I'll see you next week. I'll see you next week. Um, I'm probably going to post this on uh, Saturday or Sunday. One or two days. Probably Saturday. So, yeah. Peace out. See you soon. And that's a Let that you do. your D'Souza, signing off.